chapter sixteen of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain the adventure materializes sarah bowed with mock humility and then raising her head looked anne straight in the eyes miss wellington i present mr armitage an officer a lieutenant i think of the united states navy anne sat silent for a second and then stretched her hand out over the seat laughing what a situation she exclaimed i am pleased to know that my dying gladiator she paused and looked inquiringly at armitage who had taken and released her hand in silence i don't wish to be impertinent she continued at length flushing vividly but i feel it is my right to know why you posed as a physical instructor and entered service in our house surely i you you must have had some good reason and sarah hastened to relieve armitage of apparent confusion or irritation she could not tell which naturally his reasons for the deceit were excellent she looked at her friend with a significant raising of the brows ay those reasons still exist do they not jack she scowled admonishingly at him armitage who plainly diagnosed sarah's drift was smiling broadly as anne looked at him with a curious wondering expression they still exist decidedly sarah he said he paused for a second and then continued in the lamest sort of way will you let me be a driver just a little while longer miss wellington it is really important when i explain everything you'll understand of course i've been governed by the best motives anne was somewhat more dignified certainly i have not the slightest objection to having a naval officer for a driver if you have none i must say though i shall be eager to learn the reasons for your rather rather unconventional behaviour you shall be the first one to know replied jack with quite a different meaning in mind than that which sarah van valkenburg read whose eyes by the way were dancing with excitement there was an awkward silence for a moment and jack was turning to the wheel when anne leaned forward you must tell me about the navy sometime she said i've begun to feel i am rather a poor american where are you attached i'm with the torpedo flotilla at present said armitage by the way miss wellington that reminds me of my request for liberty to-night the boats are going out and and it's rather important i go with them i shall be back before midnight oh sarah's exclamation was so sharp and eager that both jack and anne started i have it she leaned forward eagerly as both turned to her i know we'll make him take us out with the boats to-night can you imagine anything more thrilling i have never been on a naval vessel in my life and they'll shoot torpedoes night attack port arthur and all that sort of thing don't you know anne was quite carried away good oh that would be she stopped short as a sudden thought came to her do you suppose she said slowly that you could mr armitage i should love the experience but perhaps nonsense interrupted sir of course he can take us didn't we see that crowd of women on one of the torpedo boats at the king's cup race that boat was not in commission said jack you might be court-martialed if the commanding officer of the flotilla saw you he spoke lightly but running clearly 
through his mind was the uncompromising phraseology of article two fifty of the navy regulations officers commanding fleets divisions or ships shall not permit women to reside on board of or take passage in any ship of the navy in commission for sea service violation of this meant court-martial and perhaps dismissal from the service and yet sarah's proposition thrilled him potently he could not deny his eagerness to do as the young women wished to have anne at his side for long hours on a footing of equality as he looked at her now with her lips parted her eyes blazing with interest her cheeks flushed the penalty of disobeying that odious article two fifty seemed at worst slight besides the distang was assigned to him for special service to do with her as he saw fit there might be a loophole there anne who had been pondering his words looked up if you are thinking only of us i shouldn't mind one bit i should love dearly to go i have often seen the torpedo boats from my windows and wish to be on one of them they look so black and venomous all right i'll take you armitage looked at them with serious face there may be some danger it isn't yachting you know of course it isn't said sarah certainly not echoed anne and besides mr armitage i've never faced real danger in my life except once when my polo pony ran away oh i want to go i should like to change my clothes armitage glanced humorously at his livery of course said anne i tell you you leave us at burgers drive home and change your clothes then you can pick us up there and we'll leave the car at o'neill's until we return how is that we will have a lobster ordered for you don't bother about that please i shall have to run over to the island when i come back from the crags to prepare the way take a taxicab and be at the navy landing no that wouldn't be wise someone might see you go to the new york yacht club station and i or johnson my second will be there in the destang's launch we are the outer boat in the slips and you can come aboard over the stern without anyone seeing you don't be a minute later than seven thirty o'clock that is he added if you are serious about making the trip serious exclaimed sarah oh we are serious said anne and mr armitage you're awfully good a tall grave young ensign met the two excited girls at the hour designated and shot them across the bay to the torpedo boat slips in silence he's a nice-looking boy whispered sarah but i wonder he doesn't seem altogether to approve anne who had been studying the officer smiled easily that isn't it he's embarrassed for heaven's sake sarah don't try to make me feel de trop at this stage the young man was embarrassed anne had diagnosed correctly and it was with great relief that he turned them over to armitage who led them to a hatch and thence down a straight iron ladder to the wardroom and watched the precise steward adjusting a centerpiece of flowers upon the mess-table and then glanced around the apartment which was lined with rifles cutlasses and revolvers and holsters how interesting mr armitage she said do you recall the last time we were in a cabin together smiling how absurd it was wasn't it laughed armitage he left the wardroom and returned in a few minutes with two officers long blue overcoats and caps these are your disguises i'll send an orderly down to take you up to the bridge when we get well under way do we really have to wear these sarah reviewed the overcoats with mock concern must laughed armitage it is going to be cold and it looks like rain i tuck my hair up under the caps as much as possible if i were you damp salt air is bad for hair you mean you wish us to look like men asserted sarah i merely want you to be appropriate to the picture 
sarah looked at him mischievously why not the entire uniform then sarah cried anne as jack ducked out of the door anne sarah placed her hand on anne's arm are you interested in jack armitage the girl looked at the dark burning cheeks of the handsome full-blooming young woman in front of her don't be silly sarah i'm not silly said mrs van valkenburg half humorously i really want to know why why because if you're not i want you to keep in the background for i think i'd rather like to enlist in the navy and could not tell why but sarah had succeeded in irritating her End of chapter 16